Alright, just checking in on you for Solid 60, episode 34. It is December the 4th of 2018. And a good time. I got a short day today and I'm just going to run through a couple of movies I saw recently. Keep it light. Nothing too dramatic going on. As far as I know, the rent is being paid and uh, everyone is relatively happy on a mild, yeah, note of... Um, weirdness recently with the co-parenting friend that's what we are we're just friends but it's it's all gonna work out yeah just had this odd thing where an old mate rang me up the other day and because i was trying to put the kid to sleep i was like dude it's not a good time call me i'll call you back when he's down and uh obviously didn't get down till 9 30 or something ridiculous because it's just like me last night he did not want to go to bed by that point it was already asleep so not asleep but it's too late to uh he go he's just this guy named z and he's an odd duck and i don't know whether to go on the whole backstory but basically we hung out for a while a couple of years ago and he went really weird and got a whole new group of friends and we lost touch but i'd keep tabs on facebook and recently he's been posting a lot about how he's homeless and he's knocked up his girlfriend who already has six kids and they're homeless as well and they can't get emergency housing because he's not allowed to live with them because then they're disqualified somehow because he's not Australian. Like, I, it's really strange. So I just was like, dude, what's going on? Is there any way I can help? And uh, he kept... There was one weird exchange where I was like, just literally asked, hey, what's the matter? Because it was all this cryptic stuff. And he goes, look, if you're not willing to help, then I can't be fucked explaining it. <laughs> I was like, fine, that's it then. And I was like, fuck this guy then. If that's like the only way he's going to talk to you is if you promise to it's like choosing beggars the reddit thread it was borderline something you would see on there in the end he ended up saying he'd ring and uh, we just keep playing phone tag but yeah she saw a little bit of that and she's like what's going on it's really weird it seems dodgy and uh, she's sus as fuck and it's like yeah i guess i know and i just kind of j- jacked up and was like look nothing's going on I'm just going to see if I can help this guy without overextending myself. Like, I don't feel obliged to go too far. I mean, I don't know him that well, but uh, if there's any small thing I can do, then maybe. I don't like to hear about his missus and all her kids being hard done by. Like, they kept being post, like, we can't eat. Has anyone got food they could bring over, just some basic foods? And I'm like, who, in this day and age, in the same city, in a first world country, are people starving? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Not that I don't believe him, but it just seems like all massively... He's a big drama queen, even more so than I. Like, a lot of his problems seem to be hugely... Not that that shouldn't stop you from helping, but, like, self-created, if that's the nicest way of putting it. Like, the other night, he goes, oh, my brothers have been yelling at me all night, so I don't feel... I'm not in the mood to talk. So I'm like, well, if they're yelling at you, they probably have a pretty good reason for it. And what the hell are you doing starving if you've got brothers who I know at least one of them is in the same country? I can't remember where he's from originally. He's got kind of an Arab-ish vibe to him. Not in a yellow way. It's more of a, I really want to... It's like I've grown up internationally and I really want to fit in with all you white dudes. The chick he's shacked up with is very, like, bogan Aussie. And good for him and no judgment here. But, um, I don't, I don't know, it's just a fucking mess. It's, like, really trashy. We'll see where it goes. I just... It's a little bit of... Not schadenfreude, but, like people on your facebook where you're like well my life's pretty fucked up but could be worse usually i don't use that sort of stuff to make myself feel better i do want to help if i can what i do to make myself feel better or at least not feel terrible is escape and what i escape mostly into is film or really cool series on netflix like i'm still rating like the current season of brooklyn 99 which, as far-fetched and ridiculous as the plots are, like the recent one I've seen where there's a dentist, they are interrogating for hours to figure out a murder, like to basically get him to confess. And it's just so ridiculous. It's, it's just an excuse for a character actor to come in and do his thing. But the situations they're in, I guess it's like a weird... It's not sci-fi, but it's almost like the same level of suspension of disbelief. Like, no police station works like that. No world works like that especially in terms of like the conspiracy they had to get out of the bank robbery like he keeps running into this old friend can't remember the name of the comedian this really funny black guy and the hijinks they get up to 
I mean, he would have been fired within minutes for the kind of collusion that goes on with this, uh, basically, a criminal who's uh, got a heart of gold and keeps doing him over and disappearing. Though in this one, he kind of came through, like he disappeared for a while, and you're like, no, not again, and he's maybe going to lose his job. Like, it takes a lot to lose your job in that world, but uh, it was so much that like this would probably push it over the edge. But in the end, he came through, and I'm like, yeah, here's the diamonds that I stole. So somehow it was all good. But even then, I'm sure if the diamonds were returned in real life after that kind of escapade, like he helped him escape basically in a police uniform from a hostage situation, that he was the actual hostage taker, his friend slash long-time nemesis, all to catch some worst bad guy, but still, it was, it was very dodgy. But it worked for comedy, and you just have to go with it. I, I can't bitch too much about the unlikeliness of some of the plots I've just got to enjoy the characters, and that's that's what it's all about. And uh, yeah, Captain Holt, fucking one of my most favourite characters ever, and uh, his partner Kevin came through really well in one of the recent episodes with a throat punch. I think he learned from watching too many Nicolas Cage movies, and there was a great joke at the end because he's this huge like he's never he didn't even know who Nicolas Cage was, which I thought was a little far fetched even for a man of culture who doesn't watch films like. You're not going to know who that is. And at the end, he's like, oh, yeah, I've had these other ones, like Captain Crowley's Mandolin and uh, Leaving Las Vegas and explain what they were about. And it was like, no, you made me watch Con Air. And it was like, you had to be there, I guess, but quite cute. Anyway, the movies that I'd got sucked into because of the release recently of Creed 2 that my son, the older one, obviously decided to want to watch instead of Robin Hood for some reason. I was like, well, it's mature, but I'm sure it's not too bad. So, okay. I know he'd seen the first one at a friend's and I hadn't seen any of them at all, even though I had the the original film sitting there on a Blu-ray. And I'm like, what am I going to do? I have got like two days to watch all these once he decided what he wanted to see. It was like Thursday night when his mother told me. So the Friday I went into a JB while at work, managed to park in the uh, loading dock at Top Ride, raced into a JB Hi-Fi, they didn't have any Blu-ray box sets. They had like Rocky 1 and 2 on Blu-ray, but not a full collection. Found a DVD collection. It was only 24 bucks. It had like the first six films. So that's Rocky 1 to 5 and then like Rocky Balboa, which I still haven't quite finished, unfortunately, because that was turning out really well. So I might go back and finish it while I eat lunch today because it's nearly getting on to 1 o'clock now. So that's once I finish this, I probably won't turn on Netflix, turn on the Xbox... And just for completion's sake, watch the rest of Rocky Balboa. I know it won't be as good as Creed, but apparently it did. Um, we'll, we'll see what the reviews were. But at the moment, I'm going to start with the first five Rocky films that I did watch on the Friday, mostly. And then the Saturday, I had to watch Creed, the original film. Didn't have... The other problem is that I was going to go to Karen's to hang out and see Gabriel, the little one, which was fine. But I thought, while he's asleep, why not? watch Creed which she hasn't seen either and I thought it'd be fun we'll watch it together I know she'd appreciate it it's a good film but uh, fortunately it didn't work out like that I had to do a few jobs in the morning by the time I got there it was like mat time and she didn't have a DVD player so what I did on the Friday was buy a Xbox One S just like the one I have so I could watch the 4k uh, Creed at her place like it's a lot of money to spend just to make sure I could do hit two birds with one stone but now it's you know it's a Christmas present for them I know she needs a new washing machine as well but that will get sorted out in due course but I thought hey now it gives them a few more options entertainment wise he's too young obviously to play video games but uh, at least now they can watch uh, blu-rays and stuff like that if there's nothing on Netflix which is pretty much hooked on but there's a few things I've got here which I can bring over now and throw on the big screen and yeah it's a cheap TV from Big W but it doesn't have HDR, high dynamic range. But uh, it still looks pretty good. It played it perfectly. The problem was, yeah, she was too tired to watch it with me. And I only got about halfway through before he woke up. So I was like spending time with that half, my half my attention on that and half on him playing Lego in the main room. But it, we got through it. Like, you know, I watched it from beginning to end, but with the odd uh, distraction along the way and it was really good it wasn't as much going on in it as i thought there might be uh they kept the plot pretty straightforward but i still had a good time but i'm getting ahead of myself i'll start with the original 
that I managed to pump through Friday night. And I got home like 3.45 or something like that. And bam, Rocky was in and off we went. Uh, it managed to score 8.2. 1 out of 10. I'm not going by Rotten Tomatoes. I'm going by IMDb because it's got all the cool uh, trivia and stuff. I'm not going to read it all out for every single film. I'm just going to do a quick plot synopsis, I guess, and what I thought of it. And where would that be? It's pretty short on here. It's just a small-time boxer goes to su- gets a supremely rare chance to fight a heavyweight champion in a bout in which he strives to go the distance for his self-respect. And that's the most beautiful thing about this film. It came out before I was born. So I'm not going to worry about spoilers too much. 1976 it was released. And uh, yeah, he doesn't win the fight. But he goes all the way to, uh, I think it's 15 rounds. And gains the you know adulation and respect of all the boxing fans that are in that world. And the city of Philadelphia, which is a big character. All the way through the Rocky franchise. So, And I'd never seen it. Like it was one of those things growing up. We'd get 10, not DVDs, God, I wish, uh, VHS films a week. We often did that once I hit Wagga. So that was between, because it was all black and white TV up until about, I guess, 90. Yeah, 1990, roughly. or sort of year six, year seven, year eight, year nine, year 10. When I was in Wagga, there was the Video Easy, there was the Plainsman, there was no Blockbuster, I don't believe, but plenty of options for entertainment. And my dad would just say, okay, choose. I think it was eight movies for $10 or something like that. But it was all the weeklies. It was rare that we would get something new because obviously I would have to pay more for that. And we would go nuts. And I would just get really weird, out of the way, obscure things like Killer Tomato Clowns from Outer Space. Uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, the Killer Tomatoes is a completely different thing, but I'm not su- I wouldn't be surprised if they had a mashup at some point. And just constant trash like that. I, I'm sure the odd... I miss things in there that were iconic I still never saw The Lion King and now there's the uh, live action coming out soon I should probably catch the original but I always thought you know when I've got kids you know one day I'll sit down with them and we'll enjoy watching it together for the first time that'll be cool because I'm not gonna it's not like a thing I need to watch before the remake I can just see the remake and go right okay that's what the story is it's not like it's a sequel whereas this I was like I'm I'm a film buff it's a massive gaping hole in my film history and to sit down and watch it. I still have to do the same thing with Rambo for some reason. I don't know how I missed the, all the Stallone stuff. I saw the one where he goes into the future and you use like a seashell instead of toilet paper. I'm still not sure how that works. I knew it at some point. It's, it's one of those things I'm just going to have to not stress about because when I'm recording a podcast, I can't remember anything like names, film titles, dates, nothing like that. As soon as I sit down to listen to one, including my own, uh, I'll be jumping out at it going, oh, it's so-and-so, or it was this thing, and I just, it all comes to mind. But there's something to do with the, the, way, my, the way my brain works while speaking. I lose access to a lot of that information while listening completely different. Anyway, the meta score is 70. Uh, I don't know what the how that works then, because there's a meta score. Ah, oh, from Metacritic, whereas the IMDb user rating meta score nearly 500,000 user ratings is 8.1. So it's very, fairly well-loved. Uh, it's not a perfect film. It's shot on a massively low budget. It was supposed to be 2 million. They only got 1 million because I was using an unknown. He made sure that he wrote the script. He had nothing left to his name, not a cent in the... I think it was like $10 in the bank. He had to sell his dog for $50. And a week later, after selling the script with himself attached as the lead... Managed to buy the dog back, which is in the film. I don't know if I get to see it till the second movie. I don't remember it being in the first movie a lot, but cute dog. Uh, God knows how long it lasted, but there's all sorts of cool trivia about it. But basically, they were running and gunning, guerrilla-style film shoot, lots of just hanging out of a van while he jogs through crowds and uh, markets and up the stairs and all this great stuff and it's a it's a real cinderella story so both in terms of the movie and like on screen and off screen so that was cool that they mirrored each other in that way uh but then we move on to rocky 2 because obviously it made a shit ton of money and i think it even got a he's one of the few films where uh he got a an oscar for the or some huge award script and the role i have to check that because i should really know that Stock footage of crowds was used to help this problem. 
like they they had trouble getting extras to fill the arena and empty seats are still visible in some shots which is not a problem in any of the later films that's for sure because everyone suddenly is like holy shit this is for reals uh they were going to cast they wanted burnt reynolds or james can or someone like that because he wasn't like an unknown boxer like the some of the later movies like obviously creed he'd had a few fights in creed but nothing like you know sylvester stallone was already well into his 20s by the time the character is introduced so he's got a fairly long career behind him but it just never kind of went to the next level and to make money he had to work for a gangster which the trainer was pissed off with so didn't train him properly so he never quite realized his potential until he got that chance to fight carl weathers and they got pissed off with each other a fair bit apparently um so a lot of the fight scenes and then it happens again later in like rocky three or four where Carl Weathers is fighting uh, that Swedish dude playing the Russian. Like, it turns into a real fight at some point. Highest gross, grossing movie in 1976. So, it just... And he quits cigarettes while making this film. There is some cool trivia in this. Oh, this is cool. I, I will go through the trivia, but I'll only read the highlights with these movies. During filming of the scene where Paulie walks home, drunk, he's an arsehole. Like, it's his girlfriend's brother. who kind of sets him up with, with uh, Adrian, but... Jesus, he's an ass. Um, there's a scene in a later film where he meets Carl Weathers when he's trying to help him train. And he goes, look, he's mentally irregular, but he has, it takes six years to get to know him. And Carl Weathers is like, I don't have six years. <laughs> get this asshole out of my face. But yeah, he, he's basically an alcoholic. And he's, there's a scene where he's walking home drunk. An actual drunk wanders onto the location and told Young he wasn't acting drunk convincingly. So uh, Young asked the man to demonstrate it. Young then copied the man's actions for the scene, which works out really well. There's a lot of actors, like the massive list of all these huge actors that they wanted for all these different parts, but no one was like, yeah, you're not going to give me enough money. We've never heard of you people. So they didn't do it, and they had to go with like lesser-known actors, but I, I thought it worked out quite well. I mean, I wasn't super impressed with Adrian, but apparently she had a really bad cold, so kept it shy and tight with her scenes in the first film and they only had like a month of shooting so she was sick the entire way through i thought it was cool that where he punches the slabs of beef he did it for so long that he flattened out his knuckles and to this day when he makes a fist his knuckles are completely level now do the same thing with your fist right now that's pretty impressive because the main knuckle that sticks out that would take some work to ground down so commitment there um, like the ice rink scene where it's just him and, and adrian because everyone else has gone home i thought that was a really cute scene uh it's become one of the most popular in the entire saga uh they couldn't afford to have 300 extras so that's why it ended up just being a closed rink so i thought that was really cool i loved hearing stories like that where something that you see in the film that you think that was amazing how did they come up with that idea when you find out later that it was purely due to the fact that there was no other way they could have done it it was like a cost thing or some kind of practical issue they had to deal with that forced it to be a certain way, which ends up... Um, so it did get an Academy Award for Best Picture. It was the first sports film. So we've got that information. That's kind of what I was looking for. The most expensive cost was makeup. Before the film, he was an usher. They wanted all these heavyweight champions to appear, but they could only get Joe Frazier because, well, he lives there. While shooting his famous jog through the streets, Sylvester Stallone pulled a tendon in his leg was taken to a nearby hospital in a wheelbarrow. I mean, that's just, that's insane. Susan Sarandon auditioned for the role of Adrian. Harvey Cartel was up for the role of Paulie, like massive names. And I think Harvey Cartel would have been really good as Paulie, but uh, had to make do, and I guess the guy they had was all right. Sher was also considered for Adrian Jesus. That would, I don't know if that would have worked. I don't think I've have looked through a trivia list for a movie that's as long as this. It's really... Just like a novel. It's one of the first movies to use Steadicam, the third official major film. And I used it really well, especially with him running up the stairs and everything like that. It was fairly new technology at the time. The art museum steps are now known as the Rocky Steps. Okay, well maybe this is what I was looking for. It says one of two boxing movies that won Best Picture. The other is Million Dollar Baby. So that's probably what I got it mixed up with. I think it just won Best Picture, not any other things. Yeah, it's the only film that ever got a Best Picture Oscar starring Sylvester Stallone which doesn't surprise me I'm like wow he really came out of the gate quite strong and then just kind of tapered off for a while there I mean I think the most critically acclaimed film since with him in it is Rocky Balboa the one from 2015 
other than that, it's all been like Rambo. And I mean, again, Rambo, I think, was critically acclaimed as well, but like just schlocky action crap, like uh, those Expendables movies. Jesus. Anyway, that, that will do the first movie. There's tons more stuff there, but I think I pulled out the highlights. You just go down to like movies like this or recently viewed. And there we are with Rocky 2. He struggles in family life after his bout with Apollo Creed while the embarrassed champ insistently goads him to accept a challenge for a rematch. So yeah, essentially this one's... They end up fighting three times. The rematch in the ring and then afterwards when they finally make friends in Apollo's personal ring. Though that might be in the third film. I I watched them all at once. I get them a little bit mixed up. But Rocky 2 was actually quite good. Uh, Storyline. Okay, there's a longer one. Uh, he has a lovely wife and had a successful fight with Apollo and he's able to enjoy the money. That's right, he runs through it pretty quick. You can see it instantly. He's just buying everything that he sees, including a car that he can't drive. And that's cool to kind of watch him get this Trans Am. It's straight out of uh, Smokey and the Bandit, the, the black uh, Trans Am with the gold eagle on the bonnet. And uh, yeah, I can drive stick, sure. And it's just jumping, uh, lurching down the street. Ends up parking on the sidewalk and then going into a uh, ridiculously expensive jewelry place and buying all sorts of fashion and, and, and a house that neither of them can afford and somehow just instantly runs out of money because well he's not fighting there's only one fight left and he doesn't she wants him to go he promised apparently adrian i, I must have skipped the scene but he's like no i'll just go back to working on the docks and uh in this meat packing company and it shows how hard he can work but oh that's right he's supposed to make money from adverts and he just can't read the lines <laughs> He's skipped the whole high school thing that most people in that time have at least done. And uh, he has trouble reading the lines. So uh, that's it. He just gets kicked off the set, which I can't believe would have happened these days. They probably would have just found other companies to advertise with. Because later on when he wins a bigger fight, he there's no issue there. He's got advertising coming out of his... Uh, so we'll see if there's anything really cool in the trivia. I don't know. I, I'm fairly sure after the first movie... I stopped reading this stuff. I had to just power through. Yeah, he began rocking, working on the third script immediately after completing the second one. And with the intention of that being it, just the three, and he had no plans to make a fourth film, which you can kind of tell the fourth and fifth films are definitely not the strongest. After that, he just got greedy. And he literally says that in an interview somewhere. Like, yep, the fifth movie, terrible idea. I was just kidding. I needed the money. So again, mirroring, mirroring the on-screen stuff a little bit. Apparently he tore his right pectoral muscle shortly before the uh, big fight scene was to be filmed. Ultimately, the scene was shot with him still badly injured. So certainly you got to give him respect for going through a lot of pain for his art. They used 800 school children as extras for his run through Philly. That was, that was pretty cool. It was kind of ridiculous because he's running at like 900 miles an hour and kind of what they worked out from where he started to where he ended up, it would have been like two marathons. And he's never just jogging. It's like a full-out sprint. And all these kids are somehow keeping up with him. And, and yeah, that odd thing, Kevin Smith mentions it in one of his, his um, podcasts. He became angry when Gazzo's driver, back in the first film, says he should take Adrian to the zoo because retards like the zoo, insisting she's just shy. He tries to fight back. And then in the second film, he proposes to Adrian at the zoo, which is a bit of an odd sort of fuck you to Gazzo's driver, I guess. His infant son, Sajo Stallone, so wait, how many kids has he got? There's an actor known for Rocky too. And that's it. Just that, as the baby. He played uh, Robert Balboa Jr., the newborn son of his father character. This role was later played by his elder brother, Sage. All right, so he's got at least two sons that are in both his movies, playing his children on the screen. And the older one died in 2012. He died in Studio City, Los Angeles. Doesn't really say why. There's trivia just for an actor. That's cool. Surely in the trivia, it'll tell you how he died. Turned down the role of Balboa Jr. in Rocky Balboa due to prior obligations with Grindhouse. Oh, that's why he just kind of gets mentioned. No, wait, he's fully in um, Rocky Balboa, but they have someone else playing him. That's right. It's all about like, the whole father-son thing being weird. Because the son's like, no, I'm sick of being like compared to my father and I need to get away. And you find out in Creed that he... He's moved to Vancouver. I don't think he's even in the first Creed film. I'll have yet to finish it. But I know in the second Creed film, when I finally saw it, which was amazing, 
uh, he, he sort of right at the end, spoilers, he does go and visit. And it's like, wow, he looks exactly like he did in Rocky Balboa from like a good three or four years ago, which <laughs> I guess really isn't that long. How does he die? Like his actual son. If it doesn't say here... Oh, no, there it is. Died coronary artery disease. Okay. How the hell... That, how old was he? 76 to 2012. They didn't make it much longer than me. So I think he's 36. I guess they kept that whole thing pretty private. Anyway, back to Rocky 2. It mirrors his own life a little bit more. People quickly forget about his exploits in the title fight. In reality, he experienced a similar sense of being quickly forgotten after his two post-Rocky movies, Paradise Alley and Fist. Jesus. Yeah, no wonder. So that was 78, both of those movies. And uh, they didn't do too well, apparently. Uh, the original director of Rocky didn't direct a sequel. He didn't approve of the story. He was fond of the original concepts of the two films, which would have made the series a tr- trilogy. The plot sort of had Rocky be elected mayor of Philly on a reform ticket, only be scandalized when Paulie is caught stealing from the treasury. Uh, Rocky takes the blame. He's kicked out of office and ends up penniless, just as he was at the beginning of the series. Coincidentally, this is similar to a scenario that Stallone and Avidson collaborated on for Rocky V. At least he comes back for that. But on to number three. And this is where things start heating up a little bit. Uh, this dude, basically Mr. T, turns up. Rocky Three starts with the Italian Stallion. So famous that his likeness is everywhere. Yeah, because he finally proved that he was not just a one-off and not lucky. He managed to take down the champ. Didn't win the title, so he officially wins the title and becomes a heavyweight champion when he beats uh, Carl Weathers in a rematch. Apollo Creed! But fame and complacency soon caused Balboa to lose his title to young thug Clubber Lang, who inadvertently causes the death of Rocky's beloved trainer, Mickey. He has a heart attack before the first championship bout. After sinking into depression, he must regain the love and support of his family, as well as the elusive eye of the tiger. The hungry need to beat the opponent, which former foe Apollo Creed teaches him during the film's training sequence. In the end, he faces off against Lang for a second time, which is very similar to the plot of uh, Creed 2 in some ways. I don't want this to turn into an hour-long podcast. That might be a special bumper one because of all these bloody movies. Hmm. Pretty funny. Mr. T uh, attended the premiere with his mother. During the scenery, he yells lurid remarks at Adrian. His mother turned to him and said, I did not raise you to talk to a lady like that. And she then stormed out of the theater. I think she realized uh, it's just a he's just playing character, but hey, maybe you should have explained that to her first. During the rematch with Lang, when Rocky spits on Paulie, it was an accident. Bert Young's reaction is genuine. I'll have to watch that bit again. He revealed that his body fat was 2.8% during the shooting. That's insane. He must have stopped drinking water for a bit there. Oh yeah, it was this insane fight with uh, Hulk Hogan. Sylvester Stallone admitted that he couldn't deadlift Hulk Hogan, so he had Hogan jump into his arms. It was just ridiculous. Like, are they for real? Hulk Hogan playing this wrestler named Thunderlips comes in for a charity rematch, oh, not a rematch, just a charity exhibition fight as a wrestler versus a boxer, and just goes to town on him. Like, totally starts fighting cops, referees, anyone, like, jumps into the audience. Eventually, uh, Stallone gets him to come back into the ring and does some cool boxing moves, and it's all over. And then he's like, dude, why'd you go overboard? Hulk Hogan's just like, yeah, it's you know part of the game. Uh, it's just bizarre, but very entertaining. It's the first film for uh, Mr. T. Rocky Three is the only one to show the entire fight without jumping to later rounds. Yeah, that got kind of annoying. I wanted to see uh, all the fight. Morgan Freeman auditioned for Clubber Lang's trainer. That would have been more interesting. Not that the guy that did it was very bad, but it was just not super memorable. The pinball machine that Paulie smashes with the locker bottle is real. It's released on the market in conjunction with the movie. Yeah, that was just, oh, I'm jealous, and he doesn't give me all his money, and just has his drunken binge, ends up in jail. And then has to try and fight with Rocky uh, in the car park after he gets bailed out by him. Like, dude, how is anyone still your friend? There was a lot of handheld shooting because it wanted to uh, reflect how much there was a loss of privacy because he'd become so famous. So you wanted to seem like the camera was secretly filming Balboa's. That's an interesting idea. 1981, as an eight-year-old living in Philadelphia's Lawncrest neighborhood, Nicole Bird went door-to-door gathering signatures to keep the eight-foot-six-inch, one-ton bronze statue of Rocky forever at the top of the steps. Uh, The city had refused to keep the prop in front of the world-class museum, and Sylvester Sloan shipped the statue back to L.A. 
But little Nicole mounted a campaign to bring the statue back. She set up a table outside Veteran Stadium the night Pete Rose passed Dan Missile, I'm not a sports guy, on the list of all-time hits leaders and gathered 2,000 signatures. In all, she collected more than 10,000 and presented them to city council. Stallone was grateful. The statue was put back at the steps briefly in 1982 for the opening of Rocky III and Stallone hoisted Nicole above his head at the dedication ceremony and escorted her to the premiere. That's cool. Fahrenheit 9-11 broke the movie's record for the biggest box office opening weekend ever for any film that opened in fewer than a thousand theatres. That's an odd little record to have. I don't know why it would have opened in so few theatres, but it obviously worked out for them. And God, there's nearly as many uh, trivia bits as there is for the first movie. Oh, Hulk Hogan was fired by Vincent McMahon for accepting the role of Thunderlips in this film. Because of the popularity from this film, two years later, McMahon's son, Vince Jr., who now owned the company, brought him back, using Hogan as the centerpiece of his expansion into other parts of the country, culminating in the first WrestleMania in 1985, where Hogan teamed up with Mr. T. That's pretty freaking cool. Piece of uh, WrestleMania history there. Hmm. When Rocky and Apollo are about to fight at the end, Rocky says, Boy, you sure move good for an older guy. Uh, Carl Weathers is two years younger than Sylvester Stallone. That's a bit cheeky. Yeah, it's, uh, they do have a... This is where they have the friendly fight between uh, Rocky and Apollo Creed at the end of the movie. And it's later revealed that Creed won. I think he tells uh, his son and uh, the first Creed movie. Yep. Standing right there when he first meets him in the restaurant that uh, Stallone ends up... Not Stallone, but Rocky ends up buying. Because he calls it Adrian's. Right, that was three. Let's jump over to four. This is where he fights Drago. The big guy who comes back for Creed 2 in a very, very well played. He does really well in that. Dolph Lundgren just popped into my head. I actually didn't see it on the screen. It just came to me. He nearly died in this because they were doing it uh, with... They should hit each other for real. After doing three takes, Rocky taking shots to the ribs. He felt a burning in his chest, ignored it. Later that night, he couldn't breathe. He's discovered that his blood pressure was over 200. He had to be flown on a low altitude flight, low altitude flight from Canada to uh, Santa Monica, and he was in intensive care for four days. Lundgren had punched him so hard in the chest that his heart had slammed up against his breastbone and began to swell, cutting off the blood supply and restricting oxygen flow throughout the body. I hope that they went back to play fighting after that. Carl Weathers nearly quit when Lundgren tossed him into the corner. Weathers shouted profanities while leaving the ring, announced he's calling his agent and quitting the movie. Only after after Sylvester forced the two actors to reconcile did the movie continue. This caused a four-day work stoppage while Weathers was talked back into the part. I love it. This was uh, his breakout role, Dolph Lundgren. Before that, he'd just been a henchman in like a Bond movie. Certainly stuck around for a while after that. You know, Universal Soldier, a bunch of other big movies, and then kind of disappeared, I think, until Expendable. It was a ridiculous robot. Yeah, this is where Rocky's super rich. He's got this stupid, like, obviously controlled by a person robot, because it's just, it's got like perfect AI, which is insane. He apparently Stallone saw it at a party and uh, thought that's pretty cool. So he decided to include it in the movie as a present for Paulie. And it's, it's just like walking around, making drinks. You know, it's like straight out of the Jetsons. Like, come on. Ugliest robot I've ever seen, by the way. It's the shortest of all the films, Rocky uh, Four. It's the last film that Stallone directs until Balboa in 2006. All right, so it wasn't, I don't know where I got 2015 from. I think that's maybe when Creed came out. So there was a decent gap between the two. Apparently it's the only film where Adrian drives a car. Do you remember seeing it was a Nissan 240SX? So I was like, oh, JDM. Yeah, don't see that much in Rocky movies. Rocky has that awful Lamborghini Jalpa. An interesting little scene where he gets pissed off and drives off in it. Has all these uh, flash forwards and flashbacks. Has the movie where uh, Clubber Lang doesn't appear. Uh, I'm thinking of Apollo Creed. He gets killed by um, in an exhibition match with this Russian fighter. And that's what spurs Rocky to get back into it and go to Russia. For some reason, they're like, yeah, it's the only place we're going to fight you. And beat him at his own game. Just by using his his eye, the tiger, spirit, and uh, cunning, like close-up fighting skills, it was good. Like to see him come back against this guy, you're like, he's a robot. Like this guy is unstoppable, and you know he's got to win. Like that's the thing because the first movie he doesn't actually win. You're like this could go either way. He could just last, and that's enough. But I think from the after the first one, you're like, no, he has to fucking 
he has to win. Um, so then we go to, I think it's five, which I didn't actually end up finishing. Uh, he's retired from boxing and he loses all his money because uh, his accountant steals it, apparently. So I got like a good 20, 30 minutes into it. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is really bad. I can see why even Stallone himself gave it a zero. The meta score is 55, pretty close to the IMDb score of 5.2. Yeah, it's it's probably considered the worst of all the in the series. So he's forced to retire after having permanent brain damage from Ivan Drago. So it's not like he won and got off scot-free. He, he, he got messed up. He's, he's run out of money. His boxing days are over. He begins to coach an up-and-coming fighter named Tommy Gunn. Rocky cannot compete, however, with the highest salaries and glittering prizes being offered to Gunn by other managers. Apparently, there's a street fight with Tommy Gunn character, the, the Tommy Gunn character, and all just goes pear-shaped, and it's awful. He was supposed to die, apparently, Rocky's character. But the studio was like, yeah, no, we want to probably keep him alive, and it's a good thing they did. It's the only Rocky film ever to have lost money at the box office. That's probably what killed him for a while, at least until... 2007 so it was a good 20 year so gap there at least he still got paid 15 million dollars for it that's the largest pay raise in hollywood history for any actor while the movie didn't do well sly got a nice kick out of it obviously the, the promoter that comes in to try and get him uh, to have a big fight with some very forgettable looking dude at the beginning he's based on don king and he just just yeah he's he's straight up don king you just see him and you're like okay i know what they're doing here even though i'm anything but a boxing fan everyone's heard of Don King at least back in the 90s anyway god knows what happened to him now or if he's still alive I think uh, boxing itself has kind of waned since uh, as a sport since UFC's kind of taken over in terms of the big money and the big uh, crowds the Filipino guy had to fight that really big black guy that didn't work out well for anyone except their bank accounts yeah so I had been through these and there was really nothing interesting in the trivia with just an entirely forgettable movie and that's why they stopped doing it for a while until till 2006 alright so straight into it there's a really cool one it's a bit long but uh, let's go with it for Rocky Balboa 2006 the trivia during pre-production the filmmakers couldn't find anywhere to fight I'm paraphrasing a bit here everything was booked out he knew the HBO had an upcoming PPV pay-per-view event with uh, Bernard Hopkins taking on Jermaine Taylor never heard of either of them but I'm sure they're very good fighters in the main event at Mandalay Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. He suggested they could piggyback the real event using the real uh, format, the real crowd, even the real press conference setup. As such, the conference scene was shot, shot only moments after the real press conference scene with Hopkins and Taylor. While the scene uh, when Rocky walks through the curtain and down to the ring was shot using the real crowd, uh, Taylor, sorry, Stallone was hoping that the crowd wouldn't boo or cause any problems. But as he made his way to the ring... The whole building gave him a standing ovation and began to chant, Rocky, Rocky. The crowd was never told to stand up or to chant. They had done it completely on their own. And according to the filmmakers, by far the biggest cheer of the night was for Rocky, not for any of the real fighters. That's pretty fucking cool. Not so cool was Carl Weathers, who does not appear in the film at all, even in archive, because, you know, they like to use, like, flashbacks and stuff. Wasn't possible. Had to use a body double because he... They wouldn't give him a uh, scene. He wanted to be in the movie. He wanted a role... And like, well, the problem is your character died in Rocky Four, so that'd be kind of hard to do. But he stood firm and to work around it. That's ah, a bit of a dick move. I mean, what? He's pretty recognisable. It's not like he could they could cast him what as a twin. God, man, how could you? I guess his career wasn't doing too well otherwise, and that was he figured it was his only shot. But come on, man. I mean, maybe do a flashback where he's he's too old. Like, like you know, you can't be who you were then they didn't have iron man cgi technology in 2006 certainly not the money for it <sighs> anyway until creed he uh, insisted this will be the last rocky film well it is the last at least uh his name in the title all of the training scenes were shot in one 17 hour shoot that's pretty cool it contains flashbacks from every rocky film except rocky 5 <laughs> they really wanted to bury that wow uh the shot of rocky standing alone on the museum steps before the second set of end credits was actually filmed without him knowing. Pedro Lavelle reprises his role as Spider Rico, the boxer defeated by Rocky in the opening scenes of Rocky. I was wondering who that was, because I started watching this Rocky Balboa. I think I only got halfway through before I had to go Friday night. Why did I have to... Oh, no, I started watching it Saturday morning, and I had to get to work. I was like, oh, no, because it was actually pretty good. He starts this relationship up with like the little girl that had walked home in one of the original movies. Now played, obviously, by someone else, but 
she's an adult, she's got this kid, probably looks like he ends up training the kid. I guess I'll find out here in the trivia. I'll still probably watch it right now while I'm eating lunch. It's well after 1.30 by now. This uh, blew out a little bit. It was based on uh, the foreman, Michael Moore. Not Michael Moore. Michael Moore fight 94. Michael Moore was young. uh, What, 26-year-old heavyweight champion. Uh, Foreman's 40... Something 45. Decided to make a comeback. Was losing all the way up to the 10th round until he uh, somehow managed to score a TKO. Uh, knocking out the younger kid so it's it's pretty much just riffed on that a lot of the uh, early movies did some of the things like not clever lang uh, apollo creed's based on ali and all that sort of thing a lot of the fights they reference and that jimmy talks about not jimmy the trainer was it jimmy anyway there's a lot of references to fictional fights that are based on real fights so if you're a boxing fan other than the probably huge leaps of like unrealistic fighting in some of the scenes like they tried to do their best but there's no way they got it all right um you'd be pretty happy you'd know what you'd you'd pick up a lot of references so he wanted to make it 99 but he would not get greenlit until six years later and uh he really wanted to make it because he was so unhappy with the ending of rocky five i don't think i'll ever finish that he's gonna have his real son play his son in the movie but uh, he was worried that people would uh, read too much into the whole like conflict that they have about living in the father's shadow his son did become an actor as well though the character in the film does not become a boxer he's like working at some kind of like faceless corporate company oh that's cool he installs a new light bulb marie geraldine hughes and uh, i remember that scene so i saw that bit it's nice when they talk about things you actually remember and yeah he did like double back jump up in like surprise uh where he installs a light bulb he had no idea the light bulb would be so bright and his reaction to the glare is completely genuine the line to Marie about meeting Step's father on a cruise ship was another improvised line, uh, as was his observation that he's a better dancer than the average bear. Stallone was so surprised with himself for coming up with this comparison that his next line, where did that come from? I don't know. It was also... <laughs> so it was pretty much riffing it for half the movie, which uh, seems to work. So they did go pretty hard in like trying to find the right person to play the son. Uh, he landed the role of Robert Jr. in part because of the similarities between their mouths. You look closer, you can see that uh, the actor's mouth hooks down in much the same way as Stallone's does. So the computer simulation fight was based on the super fight, which pitted Muhammad Ali against Rocky Marciano. Every possible scenario was considered and filmed, and the computer decided that Marciano would win. When told of the result, Ali retorted that the computer was made in Alabama. Adrian Balboa has a real grave in Philly. Well, that's a bit ridiculous. I wonder how many cities have a statue of a character from a movie, like, in there as one of their main kind of tourists. Like, I know a lot of cities like Northern Ireland, they've got the Game of Thrones things you can visit. I believe Croatia has some sets as well that you can visit. There must be more. The thing was donated by the film, but it's been moved around by the city since then and kept on display. There must be other characters from movies, like, placed in cities as a point of interest. or something to research. There's a scene removed which had Drago dying of steroid abuse. No, dying of AIDS which he caught through abusing steroids. And uh, Rocky would visit him and say, if he dies, he dies. The same line Drago said about Apollo Creed. I can see why they might want to do that, but I'm glad they didn't, because uh, they're no Creed too in the form that you get it. And uh, it does seem a bit harsh, even for even though Rocky still would be pissed at him, but Jesus, that's, that's cold. There's a really touching scene in the beginning and even though I hadn't seen every second of every film and they hadn't been part of my life growing up, he's sitting there on a little fold-out chair that he keeps in the tree above the grave of Adrian, who wasn't uh, moved out of the... Like, the, the actress wasn't... They weren't pissed off at her and they didn't... Uh, there was no conflict there. It was just that for story reasons. They decided to have her um, pass away between, you know, five and six if you want to call this six and yeah which i really think they should have you know it's a bit it's a bit 2000 to sort of come up and go oh let's just call it something completely different and get rid of the whole numbering system i'm old school i like the numbers um but yeah no he's sitting there and he's talking to her like she's still there and just telling her what he's been doing and he gets up and, and puts the chair away and moves off and then turns around before he completely leaves the cemetery and just waves it's just this touching moment. It really broke my heart a little bit. 
I can't imagine what kind of pain that would be being with someone for that long. I think by that point it's almost 40 years or something and then and they're just gone. So yeah, you really it really sort of brings him back into the the world that he's in. That's that one little moment. Ah, in the commentary for his film First Blood, Stallone recalls an incident during filming where a girl in the town bar pretended to be a fan in order to try and wheedle a free round of drinks out of him. He includes just such a scene in Rocky Balboa. I thought it was a weird little incident and sort of fiction Im- imitating reality there. That's the only reason. Like, to come up with it, you just be like, sort of lame. No one would be that pathetic, but clearly they are. Uh, critics hailed the scenes as the most realistic. He hypothesizes that a major factor was in this realism, here quotes, was that he used sound effects for punches, like actual punch sound effects, rather than in previous films when a punch lands, they'd used shotgun blasts, broken bottles, chains, baseball bats hitting wet leather, which sounds cool, but not realistic at all. They put both endings, one with Dixon winning by decision and one with Rocky winning by decision on the DVD, so the fans could choose how they wanted the character's saga to end. I don't like that. Come on. Be an artist. Stick to your guns. Oh, that's kind of cool. One of the fight scenes uses backgrounds from an earlier fight, which uh, Stallone actually attended prior to filming. He said it should be possible to see Stallone as himself in the audience while Stallone as Rocky is in the ring in the film. That makes me want to watch it with a real extra eye to detail. So I imagine you'd have to pause and like slow motion through it. I'm not going to do that. It's probably on YouTube somewhere. Oh, see, that breaks my heart even more. There was a deleted scene, which is not on the DVD for some reason, where he sees a woman that looks like Adrian in the building where Robert Jr. works. He follows her for a while before he realised it's not Adrian. He decided to cut the scene because he felt that Rocky's loneliness had already been established enough that this scene was overkill. Ah, oh, brutal. This is the only Rocky sequel not to contain a recap from its predecessor. Yeah, I noticed that. It was enough time. Like, it's at least 15 years since the earlier one. So, yeah, it's another way to separate it. That you know the jumping quality is fairly significant. They can break some traditions. Oh wow! So it's he did two retro movies in the space of like two years. He wanted to do Rambo, like the re a similar kind of thing where he reprises his role um, before this one, but the studio gave him the green light for Rocky first, so he had to wait till two thousand and eight to film Rambo. And I've heard they're doing another one of those. So Jesus, not going quietly into that dying night. Which again, much like the character. It's a bit nasty. I don't know whose fault that is, uh, but according to Jodie Letizia, that's the uh, actress that, you know, was the original little girl, he promised her that she would reprise her role as Marie. When Letizia learned that Geraldine Hughes had been cast, she filed a lawsuit claiming that she'd cleared her entire schedule, which I'm sure was really busy, to prepare for the filming. The lawsuit was settled. Well, at least she got some money out of it. The championship belts used were actually those of Antonio Tava, who plays Mason. If you look closely in the scene where Steps is looking over Rocky's memorabilia, uh, that's the kid, that's uh, Maria's kid. Oh, God, there's my phone. No. That wasn't even uh, anyone that should know better. It was uh, bloody insurance people. I still don't have comprehensive on my car at the moment. Uh, that's a long story I'm not going to get into, but basically it expired. I mentioned while well, trying to get new stuff that uh, I had a one of those good behavior bonds where I've got one point, which ends in January. And uh, that added a few hundred dollars to my premium. Yeah. And I uh, wasn't having it. So I'm on the bench. The car is benched until I can afford to uh, jump back in. Because, you know, it is nice having that back up. But anyway, back to the podcast. I might have to end it because it's well over an hour now. Hopefully a lot less once I edit it. And just do the Creed movies in my next podcast, which is well overdue anyway. It's Tuesday. Well, it's a day overdue. So I've got... This is last Monday's, yesterday's hasn't been done yet, so I'll finish this one and then uh, do this week's later on the Sava, and then we're back on track. Have that lunch that's sitting there. It's only 2 o'clock. Let's go. But uh, we'll finish with this movie, Rocky Six. I like to call it, not just Balboa. Uh, where was I? I was talking about the belts. Uh, if you look close in the seams, scene where Steps is looking over the memorabilia, you'll see on the W... BC Championship belt photos of Joe, Louis, Muhammad Ali, and two of its owner, Antonio Tava. There you go. The computer animation thing. They were wearing motion capturing outfits. I wonder if it looks so good. That's where it's like in the bar and the guy's like, as if uh, that would ever happen. Of course, I'd take him out. What's the first movie he's directed since Rocky? Four. 
He can direct, I'll give him that. He's not like one of the greats, I guess, but uh, punches above his weight. Hey, every main opponent, every main opponent that he faces throughout the series is both taller and heavier than he is. Well, that's to be fair, not very difficult. He's not that tall or heavy, which is another part of the mythos. There's a bunch of slight continuity problems during the filming of the fight. This is because of Stallone's insistence on real punches being thrown. So, uh, yeah, both actors was, uh, had some swelling and nosebleeds earlier than scripted, which is, you know, that's pretty cool. I've got to stop saying that after each bloody point. This is his most successful film since Spy Kids 3D. Jesus. Don't know if that's a claim to fame. I mean, I've heard the great films, but that's Spy Kids. That's pretty goofy. Uh, Tommy Morrison, who plays the character Tommy Gunn in Rocky Five, tried contacting Stallone about reprising his character for this film but nothing became of it well he really wanted to bury that movie he wants to just erase that out of existence so he's already been the owner for 11 years when he meets Marie of the restaurant because it says established 1995 now that's kind of interesting the amount of time passed between 5 and 6 is longer than the amount of time that's passed between over the course of the first 5 films 16 years versus 14. And in 95, which is marked as the restaurant's opening year, Stallone was in Judge Dredd and Assassins. I don't think either of those did too well. Uh, again, with all the real hitting, he revealed that the scene where Rocky is knocked down for a nine count, he's trying to get to his feet by taking hold of the rope, he's having difficulty focusing, is completely genuine. Tava really did knock him down, and he really couldn't get up. Yeah, and again, uh, it says he's actually knocked unconscious while filming the final fight scene. That's dedication. There's a whole list of scenes here that were cut. I don't know if they're on the DVD because it's got like, it's part of a box set. They tend to make those pretty vanilla. Uh, but I'll have a look. You know, it might be worth watching the deleted scenes. Because his original cut was two and a half hours before the studio was like, nah, you're going to have to make that uh, one hour and 42 minutes, sorry. Heartbreaking to hear, but two and a half hours is, is probably a bit long. Right, that's uh, that's all the trivia. The Metascore jumped up again from, from six. It's not at the heights of of 8 of the original but at 63 which is respectable 7.2 on IMDb and uh, just for just to round it off because I know this is the end of the podcast for now Rocky Balboa 76% that's pretty good because they're quite quite tough on people so that's wow the audience score is 76 and the critics is 76% how often are they the same that's, uh, that's impressive. Wow, okay, there's some rough reviews. Even Goodwill can't make this look like anything other than a glorified TV special. Surely it's time for the audience to throw in the towel. When asked why he would step back into the ring, even though he's out of shape and in his late 50s, the Italian Stalin mumbles something about the stuff inside, which sums up the thin justification for Rocky Balboa. Brutal. But there's a lot more tomatoes that aren't rotten. There's like the little red ones. There's a lot more of those than the green splat. You either buy into this premise or you don't. I'm sorry to say I found Rocky utterly preposterous. Yeah, it's just not for everyone. But uh, it was for enough people. You know, the, the fans are out there. And that once Michael B. Jordan rocked up for Creed, that's fairly evident. If, the, if you put enough quality writing and um, acting into it, the audience is there. So but that's enough. It's, it went longer than I planned, but I'm pretty happy with that. I hope you are too. Let me know if you listened. Literally anyone, just let me know. All right, thank you for being there. Peace out.